So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner light to your everyday life. Ah, welcome everybody to this Tuesday edition of Everyday Connection. Me, I'm Rico Shields. Then right over here on my left, I have Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I'm great, Rick. How are you doing? I'm hot. <laughs> it's oh, like oh, wine a little more. Why don't you? Oh, well, it's May and it was 100 degrees today. When? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm sure that if it was cold, I'd be complaining about that. I'm sure you would. It was um, it was spring, summer, and fall today. Ah, that's always interesting. The spring this morning, and um, then this afternoon it was a beautiful summer's day, and then this evening, right around the time we were just cooking up the barbecue or heating up the barbecue to make the burgers. Yes, people, I do eat meat, and I'm not ashamed. <laughs> and it started. Pouring and thunder and lightning and bang and boom and you know what? Demon took his beer, stood out in the piss pouring rain and <laughs> he made us dinner anyways, which is awesome. So it's all good. Very awesome. Yeah. yeah I, I got a message from Jean about, you know, I don't know, forty minutes until showtime. Major storm, we're turning all of our shit off. I'll be yeah. back maybe, and I'm going, okay, cool. I'm trying to figure out how to get a hold of Veronica because I'm not sure if we're Skyping or phoning, and, and so I'm not sure how I'm going to talk to the guest yet, and, and my co-host is having a storm and may or may not be back. This is lovely. <laughs> well, you see, because we when I sent that message to you, our stuff had already gone off once. We just sat down to dinner and a movie, and and everything went off. So we've got these wonderfully beautiful burgers, um, my love, who was soaking wet. <laughs> and we're sitting in a house with no power. And then the power went back on. I thought, I better shoot you a message just in case. Yes, it's always, well, I do appreciate that. I give you a hard time, but I appreciate that. You give me a hard time for everything. Hey, I get on the air by myself. I don't have, I'm not too proud to <laughs> look like a total idiot. I can do that. I'm sure, sure you could. You wouldn't be alone, though. Oh, yeah, no, never. I mean, look at the look at the chat room. I know we're all fleshed out here. What's going on? Yeah, it's awesome. Hello, everybody. By the way, welcome. Yeah. To the show. Big props and to everybody in the chat room. Glad that you're here. Props to everybody in the chat room. I guess we should shout out to our sponsors. Sponsors. We have uh, the group over at Inner Child. The group, the crew, the family. Um, bunch of loving people over there. I strongly suggest you check them out. Uh, they have a magazine that comes out monthly. Mm-hmm. I know at least two of their writers are inspired because that would be Gene and I. 
Oh, no, we're honored to be among um, among some real writers, or I am. Jane's a real writer. Um, I just play one on TV. But you can find them at IamInnerChild.com. And then we'd also like to shout out to... Inez Martins. Our sister Inez Martins, absolutely. Yeah. Our sister in light, who um, is, is an uber-talented Akashic Record reader and, and clearer of um, old unwanted energies, as well as an amazing animal communicator. Absolutely. You, you might be surprised. With me and my neurotic chihuahua. Yes, you might be surprised what your neurotic chihuahua has to say about your life. Absolutely. It can be interesting. Absolutely. You can find her at www.inezmartins.com. Yeah. And I promise when we figure out this whole starting, middle, and end theme thing that I'll get that stuff recorded and you won't have to listen to us stumble through it or listen to me stumble through it. I don't know. What are we doing? I don't know. How about we talk to a guest? Oh, cool. We could do that. We'll let them talk. I believe there's one here. Yes, we have back with us again and, and, and just so thrilled to have with us again, Veronica Torres. How are you, Veronica? Hello, I'm quite well. Thank you so much for having me back on the show. Oh, welcome back, darling. I can't even ask you who the hell are you and what you do, because we've been there and done that already. So <laughs> uh, what, that. what the hell are you up to now? Oh boy. Well, it's a book it's a book producing time of my life, you know. I I've been working with Elohim and the Council now for 10 years. It'll be 10 years in September, and I always dreamed of of having books to um present as a way to help people join in to the 10-year flow of what we've been up to. And when I got going, I just got going. <laughs> and and so now people are like, "How many books do you have?" and it it, it's like I have to sit down and count them on my fingers, you know. So four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight is eight is the current number. And I have two more expected in the next couple of weeks. Holy crap. Wow. And yeah. seven more. Uh, I'm just going to say it right up front. Nobody, people freak out sometimes. And seven more at least by the end of the year, but probably ten more by the end of the year. Yep. It's the summer of books, ladies it and gentlemen. Is. I was... I was talking to Jane when we finally did make connections, and, and, and she said, what are you doing? And I said, well, uh, Veronica's got so many books that I've had to organize her own group of links so that I can find them. Because <clears throat> I have a little notepad you know, document that I opened called Links, and I put the three to five links for our guest for the night, uh-huh. and, and you have ten or something. <laughs> so you got you have your own little pad now. Veronica Link's thing. Well, thank you. That feels very nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I've got about three million transcribed words. So when I go to create a book, um, I'm not starting from scratch, and that's why we've been able to produce them so quickly in the last. Well, we started in February of 2011, so we've been a year and a couple months now. We've done eight in a year and a couple months, and now we really know what we're doing. So now we can do it, you know, ten more. Now you got them um, rolling off there. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, looked, I, I mean, yeah, you t- I know you told us the story last time, but I loved the. Somebody just showed up, didn't they, and said, yeah. "Can I transcribe your stuff?" Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. In fact, I was just reading. Um, I've got a new book coming out next month called The Four Weeks of Fear, which back in 2009, Elohim spent four weeks in a row just talking about fear and our relationship to fear. And so much occurred in those four weeks that's, that's 
that sort of um, bookmarks in the whole journey of Elohim. Those, one of those meetings was the first meeting I ever channeled with my eyes open. One of those meetings was describing um, how I got a transcriber, how this woman just wrote to me one day and said, I love your material, I want to transcribe for you. And for years I had believed that there was nobody on the planet that would want to do that, which is crazy, but that's what I believed. And then she said, because I've been transcribing for another channel, but they have too many volunteers. And I'm like, I never believed you could have too many volunteers either. <laughs> so the other fascinating thing that happened in that Four Weeks of Fear book is Elohim says in that Four Weeks of Fear you know, you guys are experiencing generating events, and the generating events, i.e. something happens, you get a traffic ticket, right? That's a generating event, creates fears, and you have to learn to deal with those fears. And they said, but someday you'll learn to deal with the generating events. You're just not ready to do that yet. Well, don't you know, like two weeks ago, Elohim said, okay, so now you're ready to deal with generating events. And we start, that's what the current teaching is. Well, of course, I didn't remember that in 2009, there was one sentence in one transcript that said, you know, there's such a thing as a generating event, but you're not ready for that yet. And yet, after wanting to do the Four Weeks of Fear book, since 2009, the week that I'm working on it, and I read that line, is the next week after they finally said we're ready. I mean, just that kind of stuff. I love it. <laughs> I just love when that. I stopped dead in my tracks, and I went, oh, my God, progress. We're making progress. I have proof. I have proof. <laughs> Something they said was going to be in the future is happening. Hello. It's happening right now, and I didn't even remember that they had said it. That's awesome. It was so awesome. Oh, my God. It was it was one of those moments when I just, yeah. So, anyway, that's the Four Weeks of Fear book. It should be out, uh, like I said, in the next couple weeks or so, and it is, it is really good. It's really good foundational material about fears and ways to deal with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a lot of them. Yeah, lots of that comes up. Oh, and I forgot why I even brought that up. It's because, just to, to, to finish off that story, is those were the first transcripts that Sue ever typed when she volunteered to type for me. So you ah. said, you know, yeah. I mean, there's a, like a whole little magical wonder about those four weeks. So many important things happened during those four weeks. And and so, yeah, she volunteered to help, and it was the whole exploration of that, the eyes open thing, and now the generating event thing, and there's a whole bunch else. You know, I don't want to give away all of it because it's in the book, but there's all kinds of goodness in there. Juicy goodness. Juicy goodness. Absolutely. And I, I, I was going to say, because I, I heard part of the transcript about generating events. I was yeah. it's amazing how how those things come full circle, uh, even though they may take some time. And yeah. uh, uh, that was one of the, I mentioned I was listening to some Bashar stuff this morning. I was taking yeah. the morning off too. And, and one of them was, you know, we're glad you asked us that because nobody in 23 years has asked us that. Yeah. And and those sorts of things are coming up, and it's just such such fun. And uh, well, what's funny about the generating events teaching is that morning, I think it was two weeks ago, I woke up and I said, Elohim, I want you to teach something that will stretch me. I'm making a request. I've never done that before. I said, I'm making a request. I want you to teach something tonight that's going to stretch me personally. And sure enough, we sat down and they started whipping out the generating events teaching. And, and just to clarify what that is, it's the idea that there's a generating event 
And then that generating event spins off triggers. So you get a traffic ticket, and the triggers might be, oh, God, my insurance is going up. I'll have to go to traffic school. What will my husband think? You know, whatever your list of triggers are. And what happens is we spend our time in the trigger where Elohim calls it familiar suffering. It's comfortable to suffer in familiar ways rather than to sit with the initial discomfort of, I got a traffic ticket, and what that brings up in you, you go off to places where you can discharge the discomfort. And it used to be in the old days, we, you know, we worked hard on dealing with triggers. And now they're like, that's not the place to, to do the deep healing you want to do. You do it in the generating event. So you sit in the discomfort that the generating event brings up. And I'll tell you, when you don't let yourself slip out of that, stuff moves on a deep, deep, deep level. It's not easy to do either because we're so habituated to jump out of it into a trigger, into a fear pattern, into into static and baggage and habit. But when you don't, it just opens your eyes on, on a level that is stretching me. I got what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one direction I... I seen them almost always willing to go is you know they might say we're not ready for this yet so we'll do this but Mm -hmm. you know uh, uh, and you know different channels I've decided work in different play to different audiences they work in different Mm -hmm. areas and Mm -hmm. you know because sometimes people want to give certain channels a hard time for always covering the same material and Mm -hmm. it's you're doing the intro stuff still Mm -hmm. and my point when people say that about anyone is well, there's 7 billion people on the planet. Have you contacted them all yet? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, um, uh, but Elohim has always seemed to be a bit of a, a, a stretcher. Uh, I always thought that, you know, when you were doing audio bundles and stuff, you should do the Fred's Planet series. I have that. I actually have it cropped out, and I am going to send it to you as a gift. Oh. How's that? that? Since you asked for it, there you go. Getting your needs met by asking out loud. There it is. I have it. I had a volunteer <laughs> who cropped it all out, and I will send it to you as a gift. Yeah, when Fred decided to tell us the energetics of each of the planets, um, she, she gathered it all together. And I'm going to send it to you later. Because I had big kicks with the Saturn thing. I'm still, I think, ever You're since. You're still that, on that one? Yeah. Since that recording, I've been swimming around in the rings of Saturn and, mm-hmm. and, uh, Every time it seems that something comes in the scientific discovery thing, it pops up in one of my emails or posts. Mm-hmm. Or somebody posts it to me, something about the Saturn rings, and I just laugh. Mm. Remind everybody, because it's probably easier for you to remember it than it is for me, what Fred said about the Saturn rings. Yeah, because you were being Fred at the time. Yeah. And and, and I think those were relatively, that was before Fred started really teaching and yeah. Fred was still, you were still having some fun just learning to communicate with Fred, weren't you? Fred's a mess, yes. Yeah. This was early Fred, so basically all that we could do was go, huh, huh. let's do the energies of the planet. That sounds Talk like a good thing to practice now. on. Yeah. yeah. And uh, But that that uh, there is a part of our consciousness mm-hmm. um, that expresses in, you know, it might to us look like a rock or a piece of ice or something, but that is zipping around in the rings of Saturn, singing the song of ourselves. Yes. Oh, you're giving me chills. Almost like, uh, <laughs> you know, if 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 the ETs were coming to visit, they would pass by Saturn, and there we would be singing, going, look, we got this free will zone thing going on over here, and which, wow, it's so cool. And, mm-hmm. um, 
And ever since then, I've just sort of been doing the backstroke in the rings of Saturn. Uh-huh. And, uh, but I can't sing very well. So. You know what's interesting Probably to me about there. that is, okay, so when I channel, I remember what I channel sort of, and I'm present while it's being channeled, and then I forget it. It's not as bad as when you have a dream and then you wake up and you go, something very cool was going on five seconds ago and I can't remember a damn thing about it now. Not quite that bad, but it's in that category of memory. Right. And so what happened just now, as you told me that, I got chills up and down my body, and that is my own biological indicator of truth. So I didn't remember much of what Fred channeled about the Saturn thing. I knew it had something to do with something cool. But when you told me that, I re-experienced what I have already channeled as truth in the way that I navigate my world knowing what's true and what's not true. And it's the same thing that happens to me when I read my own books. <laughs> I read them and I'm like, damn. I mean, I'm supposed to be editing, right? I'm supposed to be looking for typos and stuff like that. And all of a sudden I realize I have read 30 pages sitting back in my chair, not paying one bit of attention to anything other than being in the flow of the story of it all. So right. that's how I know it's good stuff is because of my own experience of it when I feel like I'm actually experiencing for the first time in a in a Veronica way rather than in a hybrid way, you know, like a hybrid channeling right. way or a straight channeling way. When I experience it as my Veronica self and I go, whoa, that to me tells me a lot. <laughs> right. And it, it's a great way to write books because most authors don't get surprised when they read their own book. <laughs> you were right about that. <laughs> I, I've, I've I've heard of the experience from Jane up there, you know, particularly the oh my god, I can't say this. Did I say this? Yeah. 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 It gets it gets weird. It gets weird looking yeah. back at your own stuff and going. No. Yeah. I did not. <laughs> yeah. Um you want me to tell them what? <laughs> yeah, it it can get weird. It can get very weird. But I know. Hey, it's entertaining and yeah. you know, um well, you learn a lot. When, when I was writing the Warriors book, I mean the Warriors book, the way that one worked out is each week I channel all seven council members most often. And so each one gets 10 minutes or something like that. Some, it works out something like that. So the Warriors book was 10 minutes each week for about a year. So I took each of their 10 minutes, stuck it into one book, edited it to make it flow, which I didn't have to actually do a lot about the flow. They really did pick up where they left off the week before without much help from me. And so I did that, and so it took a lot of readings to get it to flow exactly right and to make sure everything was perfect. And and I seriously have probably read that book 50 times. I wouldn't be surprised, but 60. Every time I read it, I find something that I don't remember is in there. Every single time. It just got ridiculous. I'm like, I don't remember this part. Because there's like an energetic thing that happens in channeled material beyond just the words. And it can cause you to have a really different experience with the material depending on your mood, depending on what you're focused on, depending on what's going on in your life. And I uh, totally get that. And you know what's beautiful about that is that the people reading your books uh-huh. um, will have the same thing happen to them. Because I had a friend read my first book and she read it three different times. And each time she read it, because she had progressed, 
Mm-hmm. She took something new from it. Mm-hmm. And she saw it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And she's like, this is a multi-level book. Yeah. I'm like, it is? <laughs> well, you'll love this. I don't remember writing a three-tiered novel. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? There's multiple levels. And she's like, yeah, there's many layers to this. It's like pulling back an onion. Every time I read it, I learn something new. I'm like, wow. Well, Good here's stuff. a funny one. So our our book, Homo Spiritus Sessions, is transcripts of our meetings. So I gather, I take eight transcripts and make a book, and then the next eight make a book, the next eight make a book. So we have four of those now, and they're awesome. But the first one, I channeled it. Mary George was present when it was channeled. Okay, she was in the room. She formatted the book for both Kindle and paperback. So she's seen the material at least three times. The other day she calls me up. She's like, you know what I was doing last night? I was reading Homo Spiritus 1. I said, you were? She said, yeah, I've got to read the parts I, I highlighted to you. So then she's reading me the book that we worked on together that I channeled that she heard live and were both blown away by what she picked out to read to me. So it's not like once is enough, apparently. <laughs> no, no, it does. It changes, I think, just like everything else in life, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, books, the books are the material put down in print. Sure, uh-huh. but you're only going to get from them what you need in the moment. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you can take those kinds of books, any any kind of book that's had that's channeled material, take it and hold on to it and read it again in a couple of weeks, and you're going to uh-huh. pull something new from it with your new understanding. And I think that's fascinating. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, it's just like the people that you meet in life and the experiences that you have. You can meet somebody in two years, and they may not have changed that much, but you've changed enough that they have a totally different impact on your life than they would have two years ago. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. it's cool. Gotta, it's a cool be experience. Be careful with these books of Veronica's and the the council. Because uh-huh. the, the Warrior's Tale that you were talking about, I, I read books on my Kindle to uh-huh. fall asleep. You know, I used to read paperbacks. Now I just have my Kindle in there. And I read like two chapters of... Um, was it Journey to the Consciousness? The Journey of Consciousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Warrior's Tale. Mm-hmm. And had this incredible aha moment and sat there pretty much saying, wow, for probably 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then finally had to get up and write about it because, I, wow. And so now I read different books when I'm trying to fall asleep. <laughs> I don't read your books when I'm trying to fall asleep. It's not. I, I wouldn't advise that, it, it is. It is. It, it's. It's one of those things where had it been a novel, I might have sat there and read the whole book. But mm-hmm. I was like, I was so blown away, I couldn't really, I don't think I was open for another get blown away right away. So mm-hmm. I actually went back and read the two chapters again after I got up and wrote about it. And wow. uh, and then I finally did manage to get to sleep that night. But uh, Do you remember what the aha was? I'm always fascinated <sighs> how people interact with it. I was looking. I, I'll have to find it. They're uh, elusive, those ahas, anyway. I mean, oh they yeah. Come and well, they blow your mind, and then they slip away like a dream. And and I've done that. Go pick up an aha that I had two months ago, mm-hmm. and 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 try to do it on the show. And even mm-hmm. I don't get it. Yeah, you're like, why was that so important? It's, hmm. it's like, okay, <laughs> over to Eugene type thing. You know? <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, I totally get what you mean because ahas are so in the moment you know, and so present and so applicable to what's going on that sometimes out of context, they don't mean anything, but in the moment, dang, do they just rock your world. 
Yeah, it was to the core. I love it. It was one of those. I that's I I get it now. You know, mm-hmm. type and mm-hmm. and a lot of times I find that when I try to go back, if I don't like write something about them or whatever, if I try to go back and pick those up, it's like they've dissolved together yeah. with whatever it was that I was doing over and over again or whatever. I don't know. It's yeah. kind of like gone. And um, but then memory's been a little plastic and weird to me. Ooh, wow! Is my family ever on my case about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Memory. memory what is thing. that? Oh yeah, uh-huh. it's really freaking them out. But they're like, but uh-huh. we. But you know what? It's good for me because they can bring home a movie that we've already seen, <laughs> and I like, get to see it for the first time. Awesome! Again. Yay! <laughs> yeah, that's one of the perks. Have you seen this movie? Not in this current vibrational state. No. <laughs> Let's give it a go. They'll ask me, have you, or my daughter will ask me, Mom, did you see? And I'll say no. And Pascal will go, yes, you saw it with me on this day, at, you know, in this place. And I'll be like, oh, okay. But I don't remember. So can we see it again? <laughs> Because it sounds really interesting. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like a great movie. I'm glad I enjoyed it. I bet you'll enjoy it one more time. Yeah, it's crazy how much stuff that just doesn't... The memory is very, very elusive these days. Yeah. Yeah, I'm experiencing that as well. And it, it's, I think, part and parcel to what, you know... Because I've read articles about, you know, is your life getting so busy that you're having trouble remembering last week? Mm-hmm. And... I think that I think it's a more universal experience than we might be aware of because I think a lot of I think it scares a lot of people so they don't talk about it. Yeah. Cuz it's 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 darn weird for me and I'm expecting life to turn upside down yeah. over the next, you know, 8 months. I'd like it to turn upside down every 8 months, but a little slower maybe. <laughs> well, you know when the memory goes, right? Cuz we have so much energy around Alzheimer's and energy around your identity being really set and something that you're very confident about. So there's a lot of societal reasons why memory is an issue even beyond just, oh, goodness gracious, I was supposed to be at the dentist today. You know, just the inconvenience of forgetting things. There's a lot of stigma and a lot of survival instinct fears around if I don't quite have a good memory, then who am I? Sometimes I think what's going on is we're connecting to an energetic that is not it's it's just a different way of storing memory and i don't remember who told me this i think they might have got it from another channel i don't think this is an elohim thing but i just remembered somebody was talking about this the other day that we're not storing memory actually in our bodies the way we used to do it but we're actually sort of storing memory akashically or soul level and so our access point for it or where we go to get memories is different and that can be hard for people i don't know if that's true or not but i know it's not just that i'm forgetful it's that something is different about the process of of accessing those memories and i don't know if it's like on my computer you know i have an external hard drive that's a little slower than my internal hard drive maybe it's like that you know it just takes a little getting used to build up those neural pathways in a new way i think it's it's common and it's going around and it's catching so we all have it so we'll just be patient with each other as we sort out how to have a memory in a different way so plus if you're in the moment other moments don't matter as much and the more you're in the moment the less those other moments are are pushing on you 
So I think that has a lot to do with it, too. And I, I don't have answers for that. I think we're all navigating it and getting used to it. But I think it will be very, very different once we become more comfortable with navigating the world in that kind of a way. In process. I think so, too. I think that's yeah. a, a, a really good metaphor you did about the external hard drive mm-hmm. that that has can hold way more stuff. Yeah. But it's a little slower. It's just a little yeah. different. It, it, even maybe just a little different because mm-hmm. I can be on a show with one guest and some story comes up. And they don't feel any different to me if they were yesterday or 10 years ago anymore. It's just a story and it's right there and I know all the details and can see it and hear it and smell it. But if you'd asked me earlier that day if, you know, have you ever blah, 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 just, you know, off the cuff, I'd probably say no. And that's exactly how it feels when you talk about my channeled material. If you said to me, Veronica, what happened in the in the session last week? I might be able to remember a general idea. But if someone says, Veronica, remember the session last week? Elohim said, I remember it very clearly. So there's got to be a different way that memory is being filed. Yeah. And it's, it, for me, very energetic. Very, it very energetic. It's, it's, and I had this experience as a kid. Um when I say kid, every time I've ever taken a standardized test where you have the little bubble in thing, mm-hmm. bubble in your answer, or circle in your answer, number two pencil and all that, um, I would phase, I, I called it phasing out. I would remember the people handing out the test foggily, and, mm-hmm. and I would remember nothing about going through the test. Wow. And um, when I was doing all my Coast Guard licenses, I, I Several times I had perfect scores, and so the place that our company hired to get us through the tests always wanted me to come back and tell them what was on the uh-huh. test, and I couldn't tell them a thing. Uh-huh. And But they could show me a list of questions because it's a government test. They publish the questions, so they publish 500 and only give you 100, you know, like sure. that. Anyway, I, but I could look at the questions, and I go, yeah, that was on the test, and it was B, and that was or, – uh-huh. or with other kids in school – you know, somebody could say, how'd you do? And I'd go, great, I guess, because my whole body would be shaking. They, uh-huh. You know, and, and that meant to me I did really well. And But they could ask me about a particular question, and then I could remember just like I was sitting there answering it right now. But, you know, so That's it is. Cool. It's a, It's a, you know, I had that thing when I was a kid where I took a test on a subject I never studied and scored yeah. Almost perfectly, seven sixty out of eight hundred, and uh, and I still to this day, if you ask me about the subject, I would tell you I don't, I know nothing about it, um, and and I think it's that access because yeah, our from a soul level we got access to such, I would say from here it would probably seem beyond infinite, uh. and um. And under those particular circumstances, it seems like I can just almost pull anything through. You know, I have a cool story like that that might be fun to add in here. So when I was going to college, I really hated it. So um, I was taking this accounting class that's one of the hardest accounting classes that you have to take when you're in your first couple years of of college, and everybody dreaded it. And I just stopped going to class because I just couldn't bear it anymore. And (laughs) so... So it was time to take the final exam, and I thought, well, here comes a big F, because I haven't studied except at home, and this is supposed to be the hardest class there is, blah, 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 blah. Well, 
when we went to take the final, the other professor, um, for some reason, couldn't attend his own final. So what they did was they brought in the class that comes after that class. Like if this was accounting 1A, that would have been accounting 1B. And they put us, they staggered us so we couldn't cheat off each other's papers. And, and uh, a beginning student, an advanced student, you know, they staggered us in the rows so that we wouldn't sit next to anybody doing the same work. Well, because the room was half filled with people who were more advanced in this subject. The energy of the room was completely different, right? I sat down at this test that I had absolutely no chance of passing if you, like your example, right? I don't know the subject. And I knew every answer before I even could finish reading the question. And I, I got up, I finished like in half the time that they gave us. I went up, turned it in, and you know I got an A on that. Yeah. So there's that energetic thing that you can ride as well. It was like the room was just filled with the answers. I couldn't avoid them. Yeah. It was like light coming out of the light fixtures. I couldn't, I was basking in it. That's never happened again, but boy, howdy, did it pull off. I, I pulled one off there. I was like, and I came out kind of in a daze like you talked about. You yeah, know? And it you was did like, it. That's What just happened there? That's what I, thought I that about was that one years. of my talents as a kid. You did it. And and, and I it it's there. And accessible in that right energetic, um, and and you got to uh, do that more often. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, it's very That's cool. A cool thing. It's a very it's a very <laughs> cool thing. And I'll you turn just, that on. <laughs> I just knew that I knew when I took the test. You know, they didn't say what the subject was on. They just said it was math. Yeah. And uh, I got math, <laughs> and Phew. so I just did it like I awesome. knew it, and and so. I think we'll reach that point. I mean, Bashar talks about that, that his people literally, that every time he talks to us is the first time, that they don't have, they don't do memory, but that they know, that they know, that they will know what they need to know when they need to know it. Well, we just and, had two good stories of that, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, it's, Very it's cool. for real. Very cool stuff. Very cool. Hey, Jean. Hey. Hi. She's just listening. She's hanging Hi. with us. Hey. You guys want to talk to Elohim today? I forgot to ask if we're we're going to talk to Elohim, aren't we? At some point. Yeah, absolutely. I was we thinking that to. we would um, take a quick break and we'd do a little Usa with some Earth prayer, and then when we come back, we can do some Elohiming. And if anybody wants to call in, hey, that um, sounds like fun. I mean, I'm in. having a great time with you guys, but I know Elohim wants to play. Well, let's let's let well, Elohim. I always do. I love walk. that video thing that you did with, um, I guess, the Mzaya. Yeah, aren't they awesome people? And mm -hmm. as soon as Elohim came through, it was like, oh, shiny faces. I can see you. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah, that. Yeah, anyway. that's, on, that's on YouTube, the interview that the Amziah folks did with, uh, with Elohim. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. That interview is a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of good material, but a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. All right, folks. So, Ina V at uh, com. I'll put the link in the chat room with uh, Earth Prayer from her Earth Prayer project. Um, Slip by and buy the track. I think it's what ninety nine cents, Jean. Ninety nine cents to but, support uh, in environmental initiatives. Yeah, oh. yeah. So oh, uh, very cool and, stuff. And to give love for the song, I mean, yeah. ninety nine cents. It's 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 worth. It's easily worth ninety nine cents. Oh yeah, big time. So we'll be back in about five minutes. Stay with us, folks. Feel it all 
Welcome back, everybody. Or I guess you were here the whole time. Weren't we? <laughs> yes. Beautiful music from Eno B. I did promise to put that link up, didn't I? Mm-hmm. See, sometimes I need Jane to be on the line going, hey, hey. But during that like, song, she never During that song, there's no way you're going to get a hey. She goes away. I go away. Yeah. Sometimes you can even ask her questions and she doesn't. She, <laughs> you just hear this soft singing in the background. <laughs> Very nice. So we're going to chat for a few more minutes, folks, and then we're going to have Elohim join us. So uh, if you have any questions for Veronica, get them now while you can. And, um, again, I've put the number up in the chat room for those listening. It's area code 805-243-1318. And then once you're connected, you can press 1. It will raise your hand. If you just call in and you don't raise your hand, I, I generally don't. Because that just means you're listening, and we've done mm-hmm. a bunch of well, we've done a bunch of okay, caller from area code, and, and and we bring them on, and then they go, I was just listening. <laughs> <laughs> so I've decided to use the technology the way it was meant. If you mm-hmm. if you've called in, you want to ask a question, press one to raise your hand, and uh, we'll have you on. And if you're in the chat room, feel free to type away, and we'll uh, relay. But I know that for our guests. Uh, you have to register, and it's a mess. Mm-hmm. We just run the radio show. We don't run the radio. Yeah, if you know anybody had a question that they wanted to ask me, Veronica, a Veronica question before we get Elohim in, you know, I like to, when I do my private sessions, I always allow 15 or 20 minutes before we get started for people to get those off their chest. And typically people always have at least one. So it's a good chance to uh, ask those questions. And a lot of times they're questions about what it's like to be a channel or, you know, sometimes they have a question about a specific council member or things like that. But I always feel like I'm curious about people that are, quote, public figures. I, I would have a question for almost any public figure that I'm, I'm, I feel drawn to be aware of. So I always like people to have a chance to ask questions if they've got them. So that's one thing that... Uh, yeah, give you settle the energy too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give you a chance to, you know, sort of reach a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And uh, we do mm-hmm. try to do the. We talk about our virtual sandbox, but we kind of see it as a old study with a fireplace mm-hmm. and <laughs> red couches, and you know, mm-hmm. um, it'd be a place if you played Earth Prayer twice in a row, it'd be real easy to fall asleep. <laughs> <clears throat> I have to check on Jane every once in a while. You're still with us there. Um, I've, I, I'll ask. I'll ask one because I have okay. my own things. Uh, when I, I don't channel as much anymore. For me, it's the radio show and how I express here. But sure. Um, but I always had uh, cravings after I would channel. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes chocolate, sometimes protein. Mm. But. But often, yeah. you know, and now I do it with the radio show. I almost don't dare go on the air unless I have chocolate. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I I know chocolate may be one of yours, and I know some other channels it's water and it's but but often there's a physical thing that goes along with it. Yeah, for me it's salt. At the end, I have to have salt. So I always have salty popcorns. I don't salt my food. Like if I'm in a restaurant, I never touch the salt shaker. But after I channel, I come home. And it's salty popcorn. Got to have it. And, I mean, one time 
we've just started another group in a neighboring town and, and it's kind of a, a bit of a drive and we stopped for dinner on the way home and I just literally picked up the salt shaker, poured a bunch of salt in my hand and took it straight out of the palm of my hand because it was like my body was just saying, you need more salt right now, no questions asked. So that's the only time I actually ingest salt is after I've channeled other than, you know, with the salt shaker kind of salt. Yeah. Yeah, and while I'm channeling, I always have a chocolate bar around. Um, it helps keep my blood sugar up um, and kind of stabilizes my body while I'm channeling. I never crave protein, though. That's interesting. I never crave protein. It's either salt or sugar. Well, it's interesting because um, I don't think it was Elohim. Mm. And uh, uh, I came, I was a regular for a while at the Wednesday night online uh, mm-hmm. portion. And, and I never quite got, you know, which one was which just by listening. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I remember one time uh, you had just gone into channel and they, they uh, before everybody switched, um, it was, I don't know if it was the matriarch or the guardians that like mm-hmm. would come in and do some energetic and try to just set the, everybody, mm-hmm. the guardians, mm-hmm. and said something about, oh yeah, this is great. Everybody's had lots of sweet snacks, lots of mm-hmm. sugary snacks. You're all bouncing around. This is good. <laughs> We'd like it if you had a little protein ahead of the meeting. What? And yeah. um, and I can understand that if anybody's ever walked into a room of inner children, or I mean children, mm-hmm. that are <laughs> hopped up on sugar, it can, you know, and yeah. light workers can be that way. It's like, woo! Like tomorrow uh, night we're going to have a potluck, so I'm sure the council will be thrilled because everyone will have good, had a plenty of food right before the meeting starts. Right, right. They can feel it, yeah. And yeah. and like Not I said, I never cake. know which way it's going to go, so I always have, yeah. I always have uh, Greek yogurt and chocolate. So. Mm. That, after the show, I can, you know, whichever mm-hmm. one. Yeah, it, it, yeah, I totally that, get it. Mm-hmm. Interesting that we all have our own sort of physical things, side really? effects, results of, of that connection because it's... Mm-hmm. It's odd. I have to be outside. It's a different... You have to be outside. Yeah. Afterwards, yes. Wow. And all my best um, all my best automatic writing is uh-huh. done outside. Wow. No, oh, I, yeah. Do. Yeah, I do. I have a serious connection with the outside. I do go walk right after the show with the dog, even though she'll be laying there sleeping. Huh. She knows what radio show means. I tell her she goes and gets in her bed. And she'll be sleeping, and almost like I'm bothering her. But I'm like, come on, I'm I'm going outside. You coming? Come That's on. amazing. Sometimes I can't walk, you know, and I'm paralyzed after I channel. So um, I never go outside. I mean, I, I'm coming home. I want to be on the couch eating my popcorn. I don't want to be outside at all. Right. But that's fascinating. I just love how we're all the same and we're all different. It's one of my, I just love exploring that, the fact that we're all the same and we're all different all at the same time. Yeah, because I, I've i talked with other channels on the channel's channel and on our show that they just want to go rest, leave me alone, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so I don't know yeah. if mine's grounding or, you know, uh, but I, I get floaty. So I, mm. chocolate or protein, whichever one is mm-hmm. ringing my bell, and then a walk. And, I just think floaty is more fun when you're outside. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. But there's no, that. I, I definitely, I definitely have a, a connection to the planet, so it's it's natural for me um, huh. to to want to be outside when I'm writing and to want to be outside. See, I'm really pulling for 
for that iPad to just magically appear out of, you know, the universe's thin air because then I can write outside. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Very nice. So I, I want to do my I next book outside. Wall today. Nice. Um, a link to, I mean, you have to have an iPad to run it, but uh, or an iPhone, but it's a, you sit there and just write, and it turns it into text. I'm telling you, I'm pulling, I'm pulling for it. The universe is going to bring it to me. Very cool. I know it. <laughs> so I can get back to being outside because that's why that's the only reason I write with pen and paper. Yeah, that picture of you in the Philippines with the stepped hill behind that, you. And that is my ideal. Sitting there with a little notebook and a pen. Dream and, writing. And I'm like, that's that's Phoenix. Yep. <laughs> that's why you used that picture for so long. Plus, you didn't want anybody to see your face. Patios, um, under trees, in parks, uh, you know, on it, on decks, any, anywhere I can get out. I've even been known to sit on the roof of a car and write. Just because it's the only place I could sit at the time. But, yeah. Yeah, if okay. it's warm, I do my editing in the hammock. If it's warm. I get a lot. The Warrior book was completely edited in the hammock because I did that one last summer. The Fear book, I've done a lot of the editing in the hammock. But it has to be really warm for me to be comfortable being outside. So, And really warm is, you know, 85, 80-something. So, yeah, I yeah. have to watch that. Relative term, warm and cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the house, you know, I like the house at 80. I like 80 is just my number. You know, let's just stay at 80 is really one of my fantasies. So, yeah. And there you go. You go visit Bashar when you get out of body. <laughs> they have almost no tilt on their planet, he says. Ah. So it's the same. It's within three degrees plus minus of 72 all the time. Nice. Mm-hmm. And, um uh, that would be cool. Because I don't I I could almost like take one or the other. But I I don't like the and of course I live in Houston where we can have four seasons in a week. And yeah. um um uh, but I don't like the flip-flop because my body thermostat does I want the house different temperatures if it's warm outside or cool outside. It's really odd. Mm. Really odd <laughs> these bodies. They're fun. Fun toys. Okay, so I have a caller with their hand up. Let's see if they've got a question for you before we bring Elohim in here. Lovely. Um, and see what uh, see what's up there. So caller from 818-818. Do you have a question for Veronica before we wait? No, I pushed the button with the little circle. There we go. Caller from 818. Did you have a question for Veronica or for Elohim? Okay. <laughs> Let me. Sometimes the buttons in my control room are being odd. Let me. Because see, now it says they're on and it won't mute them. Okay. Do I have a caller from eight one eight that's on the line with me? Hello. Anybody that's okay? No, the clock in the all the clocks of how long people have been on hold are frozen in the on the switchboard. So this will be an interesting take and call tonight. We've messed up Blog Talk switchboard. <laughs> okay. Last last week we had to have the third rewire, or the second rewire, but the third set of wires for Gene's house. Yes. Not, not just the modem inside, which they also had to replace, but burned out the wires that go outside to the yes. box or tower or whatever. Yes. Wow. 
So I've uh, been rewired three times since we moved in. So call her from 818 if you'd like to hang up and uh, then call right back in. Let's see if you reappear. But I have two other callers that are listening, and it tells me how long people have been on hold, and those numbers are not moving anymore. So we probably won't take any more musical breaks or anything like that. Because <laughs> all that's in the control room, and I think it's gone. So All right. Control room's frozen. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I I'm guess it's all game time then. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting a taste of the way you do the show when your whole computer freezes up and that's all you got. You like warning oh, people you, you can't see that. the chat room. Yeah. So if anybody's in the chat room with questions, um, we're going to bring Elohim in here and we'll we'll ask questions because I remember that might be the only way we can do it. <laughs> well, I think they're I think they're a little bit better now, but wasn't it wasn't it the case for a long time that they were expecting questions and they would just sort of say hello over again until somebody asked a question? No, the reason they would say hello over and over again is if when I do private sessions, you know, Elohim will come in and say hello, and if the person doesn't say hello, they keep just saying hello until the person says hello. So I always have to tell my clients, please say hello. Please because, say hello when they come yeah, on the line. Please say hello because if you don't, Elohim will. They won't think they you can hear, so they'll keep asking until you say, "I can hear you." Yeah. Yes, yes. But they're getting better at that now. They're they're kind of pros now at at the whole using the the phone to talk yeah. to people. Yeah. It took a while. Yeah. They were not good at it at the beginning, but it, it they got it. They got it going now. They know what to do. Well, people look. People just check out a few Abraham videos, Bashar videos. Almost anybody I know that's channeled and listen to when it was early for the channel and listen mm-hmm. now. And when it was early for the channel, it was often very odd. And <laughs> and then they've been doing it for ten years, and it's conversational. Yeah, it's totally. a it's a it's a learning experience on both ends, I believe. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. I mean, they don't know how to be in the body, right? They don't, and 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 even if you have a channel that's had a physical incarnation, they don't know how to be in the channel's body because the bodies are different, the times are different, the you know, you take somebody who may have had an incarnation a thousand years ago and give them a cell phone. They're like, what is this thing? So Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, shall I round up Elohim and we'll just see what happens? Yeah, let's see what happens. Okay, let's go get Elohim. They'll say hello. So when they say hello, please say hello back. Yes. <laughs> Previously established protocol. <laughs> All right, give me just a sec. <laughs> hello. Hello, hello. 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 Now, where are you people on this planet? I am in Houston in Texas. Yes. And I am in Longueuil, Quebec. Quebec. All right. Wow, we're taking up two whole countries. That's pretty awesome. And uh, so there are people listening, and they have questions, or they don't have questions, or we can't talk to them, or we don't know. What is it that you'd like us to do for you tonight? Oh, I'm sure we we always have questions. We do have a large group of folks in our chat room, but our phones are being odd. Yeah, uh, that happens sometimes. In- energetic troubles, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, goodness, where should we start, Gene? Tell us, uh, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, why you've been working with uh, Veronica and mm. her friends for a decade, or mm-hmm. more or less. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, it's a question that I've often been asked about what I do is, mm-hmm. okay, these advanced out-of-body beings, why would they care? 
Oh, well, we care very much because it facilitates our spiritual growth to work with you. It helps us to experience new things, to see things in new ways, to come up with new ways of describing truths that are real to us, to give opportunities for advancement of the species, of course, feeds the energetic of the entire of creation, to um, observe transformation in process, to, you know, dip your toe into the waters of something very profound that's going on, which is you all learning to embody the soul's perspective while living in density and duality. Why wouldn't we be here is a, is a more interesting question to us. This is where the Super Bowl is happening. Of course, we're going to be right on the 50-yard line. We are here because there's nothing more interesting than this right now to us. You guys really lose track of how fascinating it is to do what you're doing because you're in the middle of it and you're worried about paying the electric bill and getting a parking ticket and, and making love with your wife tonight and all these sorts of things when the truth of the matter is you're doing something on a bigger scale that has never been done before, which is insulting a human form that is in a free will zone immersed in density and duality. This is the, the state that is so far from your natural state of being as a soul to be almost un, unrecognizable to your soul, yet you have evolved and transformed and progressed enough to get to the point where you can actually start to access your soul's perspective in this dense dualistic position. It's astounding. And you're even getting to the point where you're embodying your soul's energy now. So, yeah, this is good stuff. There's this, this is a juicy place to hang, so we're hanging with you. Very cool. That's uh, that's kind of what I would expect. I mean, yes, we're all connected, so it all adds to growth. Adds to growth. Uh, expansion adds to expansion. It, you know, it's expansion for one, expansion for all. But also because it's fun. Mm. Because mm -hmm. I think sometimes when people ask that question, you know, why would your non-physical friends come want to come play? It's because they're wondering why in the world did I think this was a good idea. Which mm -hmm. that's an easy question to ask when you're way down in some duality and level one, two, three living. Eh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know the idea of of I create my reality. Why would I have created this crap? Right? Are we allowed to say crap on your show? We're not sure what the rules are about, oh, yeah. about using four-letter words. Oh, good. Rules. So we can say shit. Good. So you know, yeah. I create my reality, and I created this shit. Like, why the hell would I have done that? Is a place that light workers stall out. You get the idea of, okay, I'm not a victim. Fine. I'm not a victim. So I create my reality. Woohoo! I create my reality and I created this shit. Why the hell did I do it? And that's the place where a lot of people go, okay, this is just crap because I don't know how to deal with it. And that's why we talk about the fact that you create your reality through your reactions to your creations. That's the place that really the rubber hits the road. Through your reactions to your creations, you create your reality. That's the that's the that's the key that unlocks the door. Otherwise, you're just a victim of the fact that you're a creator, and so then you get a chance to be mean to yourself again. Yaddy yaddy yaddy. You guys all have had plenty of practice and lots of experiences, and we declare you've learned enough of that. You can move on to something else, <laughs> and that something else gets to be choosing your reaction to your creation because in this moment gestates the next, right? So as you want to birth the next moment, it comes out of this experience we're having right now. And so if you're choosing your reaction to your creation, you are birthing the next moment from a place of consciousness. 
And choosing your reaction can be as simple as, I'm confused, I don't understand, I don't know why this is here. But it's not, I don't know why, oh, poor me, I suck, I'm I'm awful, and life is against me, and no one loves me, right? It's not that, it's, I don't know why this is here, and I'm open to insight from my soul about why I would like this to be occurring. I'm open to insight about this. Rather than doing the hamster wheel mind and think, think, thinking some more, you sit in the opening to insight and you look for the aha. That discipline to make that change choice really is the spiritual journey. That's the path of ascension. The discipline to make the change choice. Discipline to choose differently, react yeah. differently. And yeah, choose and choose again. And that's why we focus on the title of our show here, Everyday Connection. It's a it's not the case that you wait for something that seems like a huge life changing decision. It's you're stuck in traffic. Okay, how are you gonna to react to that? Mhm. As much as it is some big where am I going to work or where am I going to live? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, isn't it? Uh, it, it because... Absolutely. You want practice. You know, you want practice connecting to your soul's perspective. You want practice. So we say when you wake up in the morning, ask yourself, should I brush my teeth with my left or my right hand? Should I wear the green shirt or the blue shirt? Should I get out of bed on the left or the right side or at the end or at the top? Right? Give yourself the opportunity with seemingly small decisions to connect to your soul's perspective and start to feel into where your soul's perspective alerts your body, how your body knows your soul's perspective is involved. You know, one of the things that's really important to remember is this. Just like your mouth can pro- can process both food and nourishment, or air and nourishment, right? Crazy. One organ is processing something so different, air and hamburgers. Your brain ends up processing both thinking and insight. Same organ, different sources just like your mouth processes both air and hamburgers. So as you allow yourself to invite your soul's perspective to participate in seemingly small decisions, you're giving yourself the practice at discerning between thinking and insight. And we'll give you some heads up. Thinking is almost always obsessive, repetitive, and mean. Insight is never mean It's almost always something you've never considered before, and it typically makes you go, oh, yeah, that's how you know. So if you find yourself grinding away on something, you know you're not an insight. Stop. Make the decision to stop and say, okay, we like to say if thinking could have solved it, it would have solved it long ago because you sure have thought about it enough. I love that saying. Yeah. And so if you are grinding away thinking that thinking is going to solve it one more time and it never has before, chances are it's not going to change this time just because you're thinking about it one more time. The truth of the matter is that if you open to insight and say, I'm going to use my spiritual discipline to occupy this moment sufficiently to say, thinking is not an adequate distraction from this moment for me. I want something new. I'm ready for something new. And hold in that space long enough and with enough sensitivity for something new to break through the habit of grinding away on hamster wheel thinking. You have a big habit. You know, if you have the garbage can on the left side of your desk and you move it to the right side of the desk, sure as shit, you're throwing garbage on the floor on the left side for a while. It's just the way the body works. It's not wrong. It's just a fact. 
So if you say, I'm going to start opening to insight, you find yourself hamster wheel thinking for the next three weeks, it's not wrong. It's just you have to commit and recommit to wanting something different and then laying down new neural pathways in your brain. You're literally using a different part of your brain that you haven't used before. Well, you've got to get kind of accustomed to that happening, just like you get accustomed to the fact that you've moved your trash can. Yeah, the the initial it doesn't seem different is not the point of failure. It's the point of beginning. Mm-hmm. And but wouldn't you wouldn't you say uh, that that stopping that hamster wheel mind, sort of getting a an I don't know opening. That's the opening where it's very hard to have insight come in when the thoughts are just running nonstop. You got to make room. You know, part of the reason why we work with people on having new relationships to baggage, which is the shit you bring to the moment, right? Childhood and issues and the way you were raised and all that stuff. Static, which is the stuff you create in the moment. Oh, I'm not worth it. I don't deserve it. That kind of stuff. And habits, which is just straight up, I've always done it this way. I'm going to keep doing it this way. The reason we work with people on their baggage, their static, their habits, and of course triggers, which is something happens that really gets under your skin is because those four things are occupying so much of your brain. It's like your computer, you know, and the hard drive's full of crap that doesn't help you, that doesn't make your life better, that doesn't answer your questions or, or delight you in any way. It's just crap. So, you know, it's like spam, right? Spam in your email. It's like it just takes up space. You, nothing in there you want, but you have it around. So when you identify a baggage uh, static trigger habit and you learn new ways, which is why we have all these books with all these tools in them to help you learn new ways of interacting with that stuff, it's like clearing out your hard drive. Well, then there's space. And you know what goes into that space? Soul's insight. Ahas. New perspectives. It doesn't get filled back up with more hamster wheel crap. It gets filled up with something new that makes you go, oh, but in order to make room for that, you've got to get rid of some of the other stuff. And a lot of people don't know how, and that's what we really specialize in teaching people. It's how to clear that stuff out of the way. And now, you know, we're working very diligently on showing you what life looks like when you have some empty space and you start to live from your soul's perspective and you start to have the ahas and you start to access the wisdom of, of your, your greater self. And then all of a sudden, woo, you know. You're in fifth gear doing 125 on a straight highway with the wind in your hair going, yeah, there's something more here in life, something more I never knew. There's something more here that you never knew. But you know what? It's always been inside you. There have just been baggage and static and triggering habits between you and recognizing it. This isn't something you have to go get. It's not on the top of a mountain. It's not at the bottom of the sea. It's in you right now. And you will uncover it as you take off the costumes that you wear that have covered up the truth of you. And those costumes have been there because they needed to be there. They've been there out of coping mechanisms. They've been there out of survival instinct. They've been there out of, you know, reincarnation and pain and anguish that you've experienced and and things that you've been afraid and unwilling to open yourself up to again. So there's not anything wrong here. It's just, hey, are you ready to try something new? Well, the energies are really supportive of the transformational time we're in. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, well, nobody's stepping forward, so uh, we're in 
they're either all in the what we call the awe moment or mm-hmm. uh, uh, just enjoying going, yeah, I got that problem too. What's the answer? And mm-hmm. um, so on we keep going. You got you got a question, Jane? I've got questions. I've always got questions. Keep going. I had a few, and then she they covered it. So yeah. keep going. I'll, See, that, um, happens. that happens. I will, I will jump in and interrupt you if, um, if I do. feel it's if pertinent. But no, carry on. Uh, Y'all got this. I'd like to hear just a little something about uh, being in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, almost a light worker thing of, you know, okay, I'm this infinite, what the hell am I doing in here? What? Mm-hmm. And almost a resistance to sort of being in the body, which is a resistance I, I see it now, uh, to being in the moment. But Because mm-hmm. uh, I had an experience with this recently, and y'all were indirectly involved because I set up a time to talk to, you guys privately, and mm-hmm. then of course things began to shift because I let go of it, and mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, like the people that get better on the way to the doctor's office. Mm-hmm. Uh, it happens. Um, about just really sort of not being all the way in the body and and paying attention to spacesuit maintenance. And is there a tool? Or is there? Uh, is this the what's your big toe doing tool? Is there something mm-hmm. that um, because I know that of all times, now is the time that I, at least, want to be right here, right now. Because yeah. it's happening right here, right now. And it's There's two things. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. There's two things you have to remember about this. One, the first thing is, is the idea of you have this game called Pin the Tail on the Donkey, right? And the Pin the Tail on the Donkey game, you put a picture of a donkey on the wall, and you hold a paper tail in your hand, and everybody comes along and spins you around, gets you all dizzy, and everybody laughs as you try to stumble with a blindfold on and get the tail on the right spot. Now, this is a task that would be extremely easy to do if you didn't make it harder. You make it harder to make it more fun. So there's precedent in your life for the fact that your soul wants to do this. And that challenges are fun. (laughs) You guys have a game that you let little kids do to show this. We find this hilarious. So there's precedent for the idea that it's hard, but I somehow think that's a good idea. Now, when you talk about the idea of being in the body and the idea of I don't want to be in the moment, this is another thing that we think that the spiritual literature has a little bit of a gap on. It'll say be in the moment. But no one actually tells you what happens when you're in the moment. But you just touched on it. It scares the crap out of you. The moment is the scariest place in your life. We'll guarantee you that right now. One, you have no practice of being in the moment. Even when you try to be in the moment, you're not deep in the moment. The reason why you're not in the moment is because the survival instinct's number one job is to keep the body alive. Right? Number one job, keep the body alive. The way the survival instinct does that is by reflecting upon the past to catalog the things that have not yet killed you and have been observed to kill others and project into the future ideas and, and, and opportunities for those similar things to occur that the survival instinct needs to look out for. So if you ever wonder why you sit around thinking of disaster scenarios and you can't figure out why the hell am I thinking about what I would do if there was a tsunami, it's because your survival instinct heard on the news that there was a tsunami across the world and is thinking, ooh, better have a plan for that, even if you live in the mountains, right? That's how the survival instinct works, and it's great because it keeps the body alive. 
this, the, the light worker is now getting the opportunity to kind of wrestle with the survival instinct and to mature the relationship and to get the, the, get the spiritual discipline in charge of the, of the dynamic. The survival instinct is great for telling you how many pairs of underwear to pack and how often you should put gas in the car and stuff like that. It is not in charge of spiritual growth. So what happens is you say as a light worker, I'm ready to grow spiritually, transform, change, make differences. And the survival instinct says, no, 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 no. Staying the same was what keeps us alive. We don't change. And you say, no, 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 we're going to change. And the survival instinct says, no, we're not. And then you say, yes, we are. No, we are. Yes, we are. No, we're not. And that relationship has to have the better who's really in charge. Who's really in charge? Well, you try to be right in the moment and see who's really in charge. Because most of the time it's a survival instinct because it pulls you to the past and pulls you to the future. Speculating, uh, telling stories, thinking up reasons, coming up with crazy ideas that have no evidence in them for, uh, you know, for reality. Instead of being in the moment and saying, you know, like you, like you referenced our tool, you know, what's my left big toe doing is a great tool. You ask yourself, pick a weird body part. What's the back of my right knee doing? What is the back of your right knee doing? Guaranteed will bring you into the moment. How does my left eyebrow feel right now? Something you've never considered before. It's really great to strip you of the past and the future because the survival instinct says, why do we care? And while it's kind of wondering why do we care, you actually get to have a touch into the moment. And you'll relax. You'll relax. And when you're in the moment, that's the place where ahas are most prevalent. There are lots of them in the moment. And staying in the moment is not easy. It's not easy at all. You haven't been trained, you haven't been taught, and, the, and, and now you have support. And the support is that you're aware that the reason the moment's difficult is because the survival instinct says, hell no, that's the last place we're going to go. Because if we stay in the moment, we're not keeping track of our catalog of past things, and we're not projecting into the future about other things, we are absolutely blinded. The survival instinct is blinded in the moment, and it won't let you stay there unless you have a better relationship with it, which is, okay, I'm sitting on my couch. The door is locked. There's no imminent danger whatsoever to me. Therefore, this moment is not physically dangerous, and it's okay for me to set aside the survival instinct screaming. We were talking to a private client one time on a private session about this exact issue, and we asked her, what are you doing? She said, I'm sitting on the floor by my bed. And we said, is anybody there with a knife or a gun? Is there a burglar in the house? Is there a flood happening or an earthquake? Anything like that? She said, none of those things are happening. And we said, but you're still afraid, aren't you? And she said, yes. And I said, that's it right there. You're afraid for your safety when there's no threat. That's the survival instincts mojo. Is it looks for reasons for you to be afraid. And if it can't find one, it makes something up. Because if you stay in fear, you're not going to change. And that, no change is the survival instincts comfort zone. But, of course, it's familiar suffering. It's not actually bliss or happiness. The maturing light worker makes a new relationship with the survival instinct. We talk about this a lot. It's a very important step on the journey of ascension. Right. Leaving the fear-based operating system. I'm Leaving the fear-based operating system. Mm-hmm. Moving into uh, the consciousness-based operating system is one of the ways we say it. Mm-hmm. It's a lengthy uh, It's a lengthy video that, uh, that Veronica has put up, but there's one with this PowerPoint and one with you mm-hmm. guys drawing. And uh, mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a lengthy one because we've got some questions, you know, how do we reprogram our survival instinct? Mm-hmm. Um, from yeah, the, one of the ways you reprogram the survival instinct is that you just catch it. That's that's 90% of it, Rick. 90% of the battle of this is you catch it. Oh, look at you, survival instinct, trying to tell me I'm in danger sitting on my couch. 
nope, I'm safe. And eventually you retrain it so that the survival instinct is still there. It still hits, hit, you know, puts your foot on the brake when a dog runs in front of your car before you even realize the dog's there. It still does all the things it's done before, but it doesn't do the crazy stuff. Like I'm afraid of, I'm afraid I'm going to get robbed or. And, you know, you're living in Mayberry, USA, and, and nobody you know has ever been robbed, but somehow you're still afraid you're going to get robbed, right? right. The, the fears, we sometimes see clients that will see someone else having a problem, and they'll think they might have that problem, right? You, you sometimes hear people going, oh, my God, my neighbor found out that she has pancreatic cancer. I wonder if I have pancreatic cancer. Survival oh. instinct, oh, right? Yeah. Survival okay. instincts right away. Do we have any of those symptoms? Better look it up on the Internet. <laughs> Which and you could have been perfectly happy before you heard that news with absolutely no troubles in your body. Right, right. Yeah. I've so, noticed that lately, the ability to just catch it, even if you didn't quite, if you just catch it and go, look, I look, I reacted at that just like I always did. What's up with that? Yeah, just even catch it. You, you don't know what to do to be right or to be the more the way you want to be, but you at least have been able to go, hey, <laughs> Well, I here's see, how you do I then. See you. Yeah, yeah, but here's what you do then, right? So let's let's use the, um, which one should we use? Let's use the one where you feel like you're somehow in physical danger, even though you're home alone, living in Mayberry, USA, right? You're not living in a dangerous neighborhood. Your house has never been robbed. No one's ever assaulted you. You're by yourself with the doors locked. Give yourself a dog, even, right? So you're not in physical danger, sitting on the couch trying to be in the moment. You realize, wow, I'm still afraid. And you say, okay, I'm still afraid. Then you ask yourself our favorite question, what is true now? And the answer to what is true now, take a very small answer. What is true now? I'm wearing red shoes. What is true now? I'm sitting on a green couch. What is true now? I'm a little thirsty. What is true now? It's 12 o'clock. What is true now? Start with these really basic things because those really basic things are not scary to the survival instinct. And they're in the moment. So the, the, the survival instinct is quieted. You're getting in touch with your truths. And then those truths start to build on each other. And then you can get, you know, more profound ahas because you have this foundation of comfort being in the moment. Awareness of what's true with you is a huge, huge, huge aspect of being in the moment. Having that awareness, that strong awareness of what is true now. You can always ask yourself that question. What is true now? What is true now? What is true now? And ask and, and be really happy even with small answers. We have this new tool called step-by-step, step, and the idea being that in order to quiet the survival instinct, take smaller steps. People say, oh, I want to start a new business, and the next thing you know, they're thinking about their five-year plan and where am I going to get clients and what TV station should I advertise my commercials on. They don't even have a freaking bank account for the damn business yet, and they're thinking about that kind of crap, and they're worried and freaked out and getting ulcers and sweating and not feeling good about themselves. It's like, hang on a minute. You got the survival instinct on your back so heavy-duty because you're taking too big a steps. Start with a small step. Decide what the hell you want to call the business first. Go and get a bank account. You know, start with really small steps. And that foundation of small steps will transform this life for you. Guaranteed. That one's a guarantee. We don't we're not much into certainty, but that one's a guarantee. Small steps lead to big changes. 
Don't try to make big steps. And the nice thing about the step-by-step tool is every time you make a step, you have the opportunity to reevaluate. Is this the direction I still want to point? I'm a different person now. I've made a small step. I've looked around in my life, and I maybe I feel a little different. I know I'm a different person because I'm transforming all the time. And it gives you the opportunity to continuously reevaluate your ambitions, your goals, your drives, the direction you're headed. And then as you make each step, you get into the habit of checking in with yourself. And the beauty there is you're constantly coming back to the moment reevaluating things and giving yourself permission to become comfortable with the moment teaching the survival instinct it's comfortable to sit in this next moment and say what where where do i want to go next maybe i want to go and take a left turn maybe i want to go take a right turn maybe i want to take one step back and do things a little different and then try stepping forward again it it it, step by step and if you find the survival instinct flared up in you you're taking too big of a step that's how you know Take a smaller step. And the small step can always be, am I thirsty? Am I hungry? Have I had enough to sleep? Have I gone outside today? Those can always, you can always use those four as your extra small steps. And then there's always the, you know, what is my left toe doing and all those kinds of things we talked about earlier. Those are all small steps. And it seems the small steps, it's sort of a hard place for the, it's the survival instinct that likes to plan out 50 moves in advance. Exactly. So that all the, possible ways to die could be cataloged. Exactly. You're Um, exactly right. So when you're taking small steps, who's in charge? Your spiritual discipline. You're in the moment. You're in sold self. Not hamster wheel, because that's survival instinct, right? right? Not survival instinct. You, actually the authentic version of you, not based on the past or the future, but in this moment is in charge when you take small steps. Yay, that person, you know what? You're gonna like him or her. We guarantee it. You just don't have a good relationship with that person yet because the survival instinct, doing its good job keeping you alive, has been in charge of the spiritual journey and no longer, survival instinct is no longer in charge of the spiritual journey. Right. Time to heal that, change that relationship and, um, and, uh, and not, I would, I would point out for friends here, not getting rid of anything. We're not getting rid of our ego. We're not getting rid of the survival instinct. We're just changing the relationship. Because as you yeah. said, the survival instinct is wonderful for figuring out how many pairs of socks to do and not running into the wall when you're walking. And You know, the beautiful place, the most beautiful place the survival instinct has done you great, 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 great favors is this. How many times, we're not even going to ask for a number, we're just going to speak in this way. How many times have you said, I can't go on? I hate this. Why the fuck did I ever come here? This place sucks. I don't know why I would ever have considered coming here. I want to die, right? There's all that. <laughs> Every single time the body has ignored you, la, 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 can't hear you. The survival instinct has said, we don't listen, we just keep breathing. We don't listen, we just keep breathing. We don't listen, we just keep breathing. So there's a long-standing history where the survival instinct has done you an extraordinary favor by ignoring you. Yes. And taking over, being in charge, saying forget it. We're going to keep breathing. We're not giving up. We're not, we're, not, we're not folding our cards. So now that you're telling the survival instinct, oh, it's okay, I'm going to take over. And the survival instinct says, I don't trust you. I don't trust you to take over. So I'm not going to listen to you. So that's why you have to mature that relationship. So one of the ways to also knock back the survival instinct a bit is to not say, oh, I wish I could die and all those sorts of things, or I give up, or I can't go on. Stop saying those kinds of things. You can say, this is very difficult and I don't know what to do. 
that's far different energetically, especially when you've got the survival instinct involved, than when you say, I can't deal with it. I can't manage it, right? It's like, I don't know what to do instead. It starts to educate your body and the survival instinct. The one of the things that the survival instinct doesn't have to constantly be on the lookout for is you giving up. Right, because that's something the survival instinct's got in his catalog. Is like checking in. Okay, is he giving up today? Do we have to ignore him today? Do we have to persevere even though he's giving up today? That's on the list of the things the survival instinct's constantly cataloging. So you know, get that off. That's one thing that's completely within your purview to get off your list. Having somebody pull their car out in front of you inadvertently, although you create your reality, let's just say that's not exactly that something that's in your purview. But whether or not you say to yourself, "I can't go on." totally within your purview got it yeah that's important that's a new one we haven't been talking much about that one but that's a new one so that's fresh material for everybody that's really energetically appropriate at this time because we know things are getting more intense we know things are ramping up you're in the 2012 timeline so you've got this strong energetic that for 25 35 40 years for some of you there's been this idea that it december of 2012 something big is going to happen and we don't know if something big is going to happen or not but we'll tell you if you've got all these people who think it's a big deal it becomes a big deal just like everybody agrees december 25th is a big deal day therefore it's a big deal day Everybody agrees you go on green and stop on red. Therefore, you go on green and stop on red. The Lightworker community has agreed that December 21st, 2012 is a big deal day. Therefore, there's a push in you to have that be a big deal day. So we say get on your surfboard and ride that energetic wave. So now is a really good time to stop saying I want to give up and start saying I'm in it. I've waxed my surfboard. I don't know what the hell I'm doing and I don't even know what ocean I'm I'm swimming in, but I am in it. That's right. It's important. It's an important, Very important time thing. for that. Mm-hmm. Because it is scary for the survival instinct. So yeah. Your body, you know, is, is like, what do you mean? Soul's insight and in, bring in soul in. I'm supposed <laughs> to not go there with you. I'm supposed to die and bow out. Uh, and um, yeah. so... And you, as the personality, are the expert on the body experience. So when the soul's perspective starts to come into the body, don't think that you get to skip out. That's exactly wrong. Opposite. You are the steward of the body. You're the one that teaches the soul's insight how to integrate with you. Just like Veronica had to teach us how to integrate with her, right? We didn't know how to integrate with Veronica. She was the one who taught us how to integrate with her and said, you know, boundaries and said preferences and said, no, 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 we don't do that, you know, when we wanted to drive the car and things like that. She's like, no, you don't get to drive the car, right? So there's things like that that go on. So you are the expert on the body. That's why you've been doing all these lifetimes. So when you finally arrived at this energetic threshold, you'd be in a perspective where you would know enough about being in the physical form to be that that energetic that says, soul's perspective, it's really, really awesome that you have access to the Akashic Records and all that stuff, but by the way, it's time to go take a poo. We're going to go take a poo right now, whether or not you know how to fly a helicopter. That's your job, amongst other things. But keeping track of when pooing happens, that's definitely on you, Rick, just so you know. Spacesuit maintenance. That's, that's, that's spacesuit maintenance. Right there. Yep, totally. And um, <laughs> that's, I'm glad that we touched on that because that's yeah, a big deal pooing. for me yeah. is that, well, you know, it's the <laughs> light workers that want to get out. Yeah, there's no getting out. The well, there is getting out, but 
we can't understand coming, why. So we're going to fly right out of the body. No, you ascend into. That's, right. It's not ascend out of. But you know, you've got this that's, that's ascension. That's scare your survival instinct yeah. is to be sitting all the time talking about, I'm out of here. Oh, totally. That's not going to help anything. Ascension is not um, rapture. Right there's this idea of rapture from the Christian tradition that you're going to rapture off the planet. That is not what ascension looks like. Ascension is your soul's perspective embodying your physical form. Now, you can eventually take this to the point where you can come and go out of the physical form at will, but that's down the road a bit, let's just say. So, you are not rapturing out. As a light worker, we don't see that as the goal. What we see as the goal is that you bring so much of your soul's perspective into the physical form that you start to walk on this planet in a creatorship role that revolutionizes what it means to be human so profoundly that you're not even a homo sapiens anymore. And that's why we call it homo spiritus. You actually evolve to the next level of humanity, human form, to homo spiritus. And we don't just come up with that airy-fairy woo-woo word. We mean it. You're evolving to such a degree that you're not even a homo sapiens anymore. Yes, the difference is that is that big? Oh yeah, for sure. And I, I, I like the term. I borrowed it from another channel, but the term your 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 soul's wisdom, your wisdom comes, arrives. Mm-hmm. You don't go somewhere where it is. <laughs> it's you're not getting out of here. You're getting into here. Mm-hmm. And Who would want to leave this great place? If you let's just let's just have some fun, right? Okay, let's say all of a sudden, yes, 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 you've had lots of hard times. We understand. But let's just say all of a sudden you can instantaneously manifest and teleport anywhere. Aren't there places on this planet you'd like to go if you knew you could sleep in a hotel and you could have a car to drive and you could, like, know how to speak the language without effort? Yeah, we think the answer is yes for almost everybody, so why the hell would you want to leave now? We're confused by the idea of leaving now when things are just getting good. Right? Yep. You know, that's our scene. Even people that aren't quite sure. Look, maybe, probably, I th- <laughs> I know, thousands of lifetimes, certainly hundreds, and then this is what it's culminating into is this next step, and you want to leave? Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding? <laughs> I paid for the e-ticket ride, and it might scare me when we're climbing up the roller coaster hill, but we're going. Yeah, well, right? we we think a lot of people are, are coming around to that. You know, when you start choosing your reaction to your creation, it helps you be on the planet in a new way. That's a big step. And that choosing your reaction to your creation, as you practice that, you can start to feel a bit more like you really are a creator, and when you start to get into that sense of knowing that you actually create your reality, then all these other things start to feel way more possible. So Absolutely. on that note, yes. we think it's about time for us to say goodbye tonight. It is. We've had a lovely time, and thank you for having us. We always like it when we get to do these uh, ways of connecting with other people. So thank you very much for facilitating this. And uh, Veronica says she's going to come back and say goodnight to you as well. So we're going to go so she can come and say goodnight. You can talk amongst yourselves a bit if you'd like, and then she'll pop back in. How's that sound? Sounds lovely. Thanks so Ah, much for joining us. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was fun. That was very fun. (laughs) We always have fun with Veronica. We always have fun with Elohim. 
Elohim are fun. Indeed. And very blunt. Yeah, the well... I like that. Don't ask if you don't want to know. Yes. When you're talking with Elohim. Absolutely. Oh, hi. Hi there. (laughs) Yeah, hi. Hi. I always actually kind of enjoy that afterglow thing. I do feel a little... Yeah. Occasionally I feel a little drunk, you know. Um, I I feel a little like, whoa. You get altered, you know, and what is your frame of reference for altered, you know, like maybe you had a little too much wine with dinner or something like that. But really, it just gets into a kind of hyper-aware state sometimes. But, yeah, thank you so much, guys. It's always so much fun hanging out with you. We've had a blast, and we will definitely do it again. Uh, Yay. I have put links for all of the books Mm. uh, into the chat room off and on during the evening, and we will have links to uh, several of them on the archive as well. Make it easy for you guys to find them. It's really good stuff. They come in Kindle. They come in real books. I'm a big fan of real books. I don't know. But we will have all that stuff for you. You can find more about uh, Veronica and what she's doing at Elohim.com, and that's E-L-O-H-E-I-M. Yeah. They were very specific about how that be spelled. Yeah, they told me how to spell it. And one thing I just wanted to chime in is that we're going to have our first ever retreat with Elohim um, on Labor Day weekend. So it's our first weekend retreat, and it's going to celebrate 10 years of channeling, plus, of course, the 2012 thing. And um, that'll be August 31st, September 1st and 2nd. It'll be here in Sonoma at a beautiful retreat center, and I have space available for that. Um, And you can go on my website. There's a link on the homepage about how to register for that event. And they're already um, gearing up for that, so it's going to be a hell of a time. Not to be missed. We're going to have some fun, and the retreat center is gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. And it's a beautiful time of year to be in Sonoma as well. Yeah. Beautiful part of the world you're living in over there. Yeah, I can say yes to that because it's absolutely true. (laughs) It's one of those things that I can just say yes to comfortably. I live in a very beautiful place. I'm grateful. Yes. All right, that's all all I've got today. Thanks, everybody. Have a great, great, great night. I sure appreciate it. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye, sweetie. Bye, sweetie. All right, so there you have it, folks. Elohim and Veronica, Veronica and Elohim. Yes. Or Veronica and Elohim and Veronica tonight. And that's that's unusual. But she's she's getting better at it too. I don't think they've had to carry her to the car too often, uh of of late. At least not as often as they used to. Um so we have coming up, we have Sal Rochelle on Thursday. Sal Rochelle, the author, two days. yes. And um uh I mean Thursday. Coming up on Tuesday? No, coming up after tonight, which is Tuesday. Alrighty, doing well here. Um, but he'll be with us on Thursday, and then of course we have awesome guests coming. Uh, I need to update our at Blog Talk calendar, but the we, calendar at our website is generally the fastest to get updated. And uh, but we have Carl Sheldon and Inez Martins, of course, coming back in two weeks. Eileen Amparo. Great stuff coming. Don't miss it. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. And uh, join us again on Thursday. Until then, stay connected. Join Rick and Jean again next time. Until then, visit their website 
at everydayconnection.me. And be sure to like their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Worried you might miss an episode? Don't worry. Subscribe. Find us on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.